Well, we're going to have our Bible reading now, and that is going to be from Matthew and chapter 11. And I'm going to read from Matthew 11, verses 25 to 30. And then we're going to jump into chapter 12, and I'll read from verse 15 to 21. So let's hear the word of God. Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light, said Jesus. And then the next few verses of chapter 12 speak about a controversy that Jesus had with some of the religious leaders. So verse 15 then reads like this. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him and he healed all who were ill. He warned them not to tell others about him. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I have chosen the one I love, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out, and no one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out, till he has brought justice through to victory, and in his name the nations will put their hope. Well, this is God's true and trustworthy word. Let's pray. Lord, we have done so much in this service already, all seeking to honor your name and feed your people. And we pray now that this ministry would do exactly the same, that through it your name would be praised and your people would be helped. For the Savior's sake, amen. Well, we're followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've been saying over the past eight weeks that Jesus was the ultimately spiritual person. And therefore, as followers of Jesus, we want to be spiritual people as well. But when we mention spirituality, what do we mean? There's all kinds of definitions of what spirituality is. But the greatest portrait of a spiritual person is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those nine character traits of a spiritual person make up a spiritually beautiful woman or man. They are the supernatural product of the Spirit of God working on our human spirit. This fruit does not come about by a Christian achievement or human accomplishment. We can't do it, as Maria mentioned to the children. It's rather the work of the Spirit 
in our life that produces these wonderful things. And the Spirit of God does that as we focus on the Son of God, Jesus Christ. As we contemplate his majestic, beautiful, holy character, then the Spirit works in us to be changed, to become like Jesus. So over the past weeks, we've been concentrating on who Jesus is and seeing him in the fruit of the Spirit. We've seen him as the most loving person ever, the most joyful person ever, the most peaceful person ever. We've seen Jesus as the person who had the most forbearance. We've seen him as the kindest person who's ever walked this planet. And we've seen Jesus as the greatest good man ever. And last week we noticed that he was the most faithful person in the whole of history. This is our Savior Christ. So this morning then, we think about gentleness. And we notice that Jesus is the most gentle person who has ever lived. The word gentle has a partner word in the scriptures, and that's the word humble. And you often find them together in the scriptures, humble and gentle, or gentle and humble. And the reality of the fruit of the Spirit, when it's seen in the pages of scripture and on the streets of the Christian life, the reality is that a person has a mild disposition a gentleness of spirit, a meekness, and humility. This fruit of the Spirit produces a person who is considerate towards others. It's the opposite of someone being arrogant and self-assertive and proud. Gentleness and humility go together, and gentleness and humility can be seen in three ways. In character, in actions, and in word. Character, actions, and word. So let's note how those things are seen, first of all, in Christ. Gentleness and humility is seen supremely in him. So his gentleness is seen in his character. The next slide. The character of Jesus. Matthew chapter 11 that we read. Jesus told us exactly what his heart was like. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Here Jesus is revealing who he is. Charles Spurgeon pointed out that in the four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's 89 chapters of scripture, but there is only one place where Jesus tells us about his own heart. And that's here in this verse. Jesus tells us who he is. I am gentle and humble in heart. Our heart is not just a, a part of who we are. The heart is the very center of who we are. Our heart defines us and directs our life. What we are, we are in our heart. What we are in our heart, we are. And Jesus tells us his heart. He doesn't say, I am harsh and proud in heart. He doesn't say, I am austere and mean in heart. He declares himself to be gentle and humble in heart. In his inner being, this is who Jesus is. This is his character. 
a gentle Savior. But it's not just seen in his character. The gentleness of Jesus is also seen in his words, in his actions, rather, his actions. So our next verses, the actions of Jesus. Uh, we read again in Matthew chapter 12 that Jesus said, fulfilling a prophecy of Isaiah, Here is my spirit, my servant, whom I have chosen, the one I love, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. This is the action of Jesus. What he is, he does. He's gentle and humble in heart, and therefore he's gentle and humble in his actions. His heart is revealed through what he does. Jesus goes about his life's ministry and work in a gentle and a humble way. And you can see the gentleness there in this prophecy from Isaiah. There's a bruised reed. Jesus doesn't break it. There's a smoldering wick of a person. Jesus doesn't snuff that out. Jesus is not heavy-handed. He goes to the side of an older lady sick in bed, and Jesus gently takes her by the hand and restores her. There's a young 12-year-old girl, tragically, who has died, and she's lying in her room, and Jesus goes into that room and again gently takes her by the hand and raises her to life. There's a man with leprosy, covered in leprosy, who comes up to the Lord Jesus and says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus gently, willingly makes him clean. The deepest desire of the humble heart of Jesus is to be gentle, not to destroy people, but to restore them. And whatever our offense against God, and whatever our sin, then Christ deals humbly and gently with us. That's his action. Gentle in character, gentle in action, gentle in his use of words. You can often tell what a person is like by their reactions, by what they say to people in response to a situation. Our words give us away. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So whatever your heart is full of, that will come out of your mouth. If your heart is gentle, gentle words come out of your mouth. Again, a prophecy from Isaiah chapter 50 says, The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. This is the prophecy of Jesus again. He knew the word to sustain the weary. Come to me, all who are weary. I will not break the weary person. I know the word to sustain the weary person. In his humility and in his gentleness, Jesus knows exactly the right word to say to us, to restore us and to help us. Consider some of the responses of the Lord Jesus Christ. Two men once came up to the Lord Jesus and made an absolutely outrageous request of him. They said, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Now, how would you deal with that? You would probably say, well, let's stop and rewind that question. Can you phrase it in a different way? What does Jesus say? What do you want me to do for you? 
A woman who had slept around a lot appeared to be ever so rude to the Lord Jesus Christ. And she said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? And Jesus gently responded, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. He totally ignores the racism and he goes straight to the heart of what this woman needed. His disciples once were all in a fluster at the thought of feeding 5,000 people. The disciples said, send them away to find food. And Jesus said, you give them something to eat. He is gentle with us. He will not crush us with his words. People do that. People can absolutely crush us with their words that come out of their mouth because there's something within their heart that somehow wants to do damage. And they'll come up with all kinds of things. They will shoot you down with their words. And it's like destroying the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. are not harsh. They're not cruel. They're truthful. He didn't let people get away with things. But the way that he handled people was so very gentle. So our Lord Jesus Christ, gentle in character, gentle in actions, gentle in his words. So the verse we started with, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. It's an amazing invitation, isn't it, to weary, burdened, sinful people, people that are broken and bruised and battered by sin and trials of life. Jesus says, come to me, I gently restore you. But notice, he didn't just give the invitation to come to him. He also said, when you come to me, you will learn from me. And the reason why we can learn from him is for I am gentle and humble in heart. So what's Jesus going to teach us? He's uh, going to teach us some wonderful things. He's going to teach us not dynamic leadership, not powerful miracles, not power preaching and prophesying, not forceful living, but gentleness and humility. Learn from me. What shall I learn from you, Lord? Learn from me gentleness and humility. And as we contemplate the Lord Jesus Christ, we will find that he works in our character, in our actions, and in our words. So, he can produce these things. You see, if the Lord Jesus Christ is at the heart of our worldview, then we will become gentle, humble people. The heart of the Lord Jesus is gentle and humble. And if we often fix our eyes on him, that's what will happen to us. Gentleness and humility. So, consider four kinds of people that we need to be gentle with. One, we need to be gentle with fallen Christians. Fallen Christians. Galatians 6 verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit would restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. There are many Christians who fall into sin, and some in a most desperately sad way. What do we do to such people? We don't go to them to destroy them. 
We don't go to them with all guns blazing, all high and mighty with our moralism or supposed holiness. We don't go to them condemning them, judging them, and writing them off. We go to them saying, that could be me. I could fall like that. We go watching ourselves, else we'll be tempted. We go gently to restore them, and gentleness does the opposite of breaking and destroying. Gentleness restores a person. Like Jesus did to Simon Peter after his most terrible fall into sin with coming down kind of life. Jesus simply said, come to me and learn from me. Second, we need to be gentle with our opponents. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 24. The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. When we've got opponents, we don't go to them and talk about it up for a fight, ready to give them a taste of their own medicine, ready to smash them, ready to show them just how wrong they are. We go to them to gently instruct them in a better and a right way. And we do so going... Uh, Perfect, aware that we are not perfect in our knowledge. There's no one perfect in theology. No one, just as there's no one perfect in behavior. We've got to wait to heaven to be perfect. So we've all got our faults and failings. We all don't believe as much as we should believe and the things that we really should believe. We believe to a level and a level enough, but not perfect. So when we go to an opponent... We don't go to them saying, one perfect in knowledge is here. I've got my study Bible under my arm. I'll bash you with it. No, many Christians think they know it all. They have a perfect system of theology and can interpret every Bible verse in just the right way. But when Jesus came across an opponent called Simon the Pharisee, and this Simon the Pharisee, well, he was having a meal in his house for Jesus, but Simon the Pharisee opposed Jesus to his face. And Jesus simply said to him, Simon, I have something to tell you. <laughs> and then he told him a gentle but a pointed parable. Be gentle with your opponents. Thirdly, be gentle with seekers, with those who really want to know the way of salvation. 1 Peter chapter 3. In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. There are many people who are not yet Christians, and those people have many barriers to jump over in order to come to Christ. But some people might have barriers because they're from a different religion. Other people might know absolutely nothing about what it means to be a Christian. And there are other people who have really strong opinions about how to live and what they believe and why we're wrong. And there's a reason why they're like that. Maybe from their parents or maybe from their culture, their studies. So how do we go to those people? We don't go to diss them or laugh at them, but to respect them. Give an answer to your faith, to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. 
Our model for evangelism is not John the Baptist, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. No one is excluded from being handled gently. It's the opposite of uh, going to people with a power play to show that you know more than they do. It's the opposite of a, a display of muscle and might. It's the opposite of bulldozing people or being a, like a, a bull in a china shop with people. Uh, you know, I, I love that expression. It's such a funny expression, isn't it? A bull in a china shop. <laughs> just, I've never seen a bull in a china shop. But can you just imagine what it would be like? I, I always get the impression that china shops are, are small. I, probably not, probably got big china shops, but a bull in a small one and a bull in a big one would do exactly the same, raging around, breaking all the precious china. A bull in a china shop. Some people are like that. <laughs> Break everything around them instead of making it better. No, we go to people gently with a foot-washing spirit. Always to be gentle toward everyone. So may our character, actions, and words be love, humility, and gentleness as we gaze at the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's how this fruit of the Spirit is produced in us, looking at Jesus. See him riding into Jerusalem, proclaiming himself to be the king, but not on a huge war horse to trample people down. But behold, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. That's our savior. And that's how we're to go to people. Not on a high horse of moralism, theological correctness, or Bible bashing, but gentle to the fragile and the broken. As Jesus went to the cross, making himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And if we have this lowly, gentle Savior who died for his enemies at the heart of our worldview, then we will become lowly, humble, gentle people in character, action, and word. May God make it so. Amen. Help us, Heavenly Father, to look to your Son, Christ our Lord, to see his perfect gentleness and to meditate on him, to fix our eyes on him, that he might reproduce that character, those actions, and those words of gentleness within us, that others might see Jesus in me. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen.